So yeah, Better Together is our series, and part one is today, and it's about giving. We're calling it Better Together, Give. Part one, Give. So Luke 6.38 in the NIV version, it says, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Give and it will be given unto you. Hallelujah. Now, when, when we're in the, you know, normally when, we, when you come to church and you hear about giving, you think money. And we're going to get there, but that's in the end of this preaching. Because there's many different things you can do to give. But before we get into giving... I want you to understand that everything you do in life has power. Whoa. Whatever you think or perceive of yourself, that's exactly who you are, whether it's good or bad. What are you saying, Albert? Well, everything in this life is a seed. Everything is a seed. Not doing something is also a seed. Being lazy is a seed. Look, let's go to Galatians. I'm jumping now. Galatians 6, 7. So you'll be like, okay, where does it say that? It's right here. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. Everything you do in this life is a seed. Some are good. Some are bad. But everything is a seed. You are planting seeds constantly. Whether it's in your mind, whether it's by your actions. The only way to reap something is if you sow it. You can't sow something that you haven't, you can't reap something that you haven't sowed. And I'll use the example of being lazy or maybe being a person that's full of doubt all the time. Being a person that's completely negative all the time. If you're that type of person, then stop complaining about why, you so, why, is, why is everything coming wrong against me? Why are these issues on my life? Why is it that I can't seem to get anything done? Why is it that I never take an opportunity or take a risk? Well, it's because you're negative all the time. So negativity is gonna, what's going to bear in your life. It's what's gonna. It's what's gonna come to pass. That is what you. That's in order. That's how you. You're gonna bear that specific fruit, depending on what you plant. Everything in life is a seed. Fear is a seed. Love is a seed. Giving, is a seed. Hope, faith, doubt, trust. Some of these are bad. Some of these are good. Most people plant seeds, but the problem is. Sometimes, and I'm talking now because most of the, sometimes God gives you, well, obviously we have his word. We know what his word says, but there's certain individuals that God will give you a specific dream. Remember in the beginning of the year, if you were part of it or if not, well, yeah, now you all understand what we do here. Normally every year we have what's called a poster board and we put certain different desires that God puts in our heart on that board so that you can begin to believe so that comes to pass in your life. It's good to see it. The Bible talks to us about putting your vision on poster boards. Well, and that, and they don't call it poster boards thousands of years ago when it was written. But we use poster boards nowadays, amen. We don't have those tablets anymore. 
We have these kind of tablets, but not the tablets that they used in ancient history. Amen. Put it on a poster board. So where am I getting at? Why is it that we do that? Well, because that is a God-given thing that may not be specifically in the word of God. But for example, maybe you want to get married. You put a picture of you and a girl or a girl and a boy. And that's the way it goes, man and woman. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you want maybe a car, maybe you want a house, maybe you want a boat. I don't know. But you put it on that board and you believe for it. Maybe God is giving you a specific uh, vision in your heart, in your spirit, that you may open up your own business one day. I don't know. But the point is, is that many of us sow these things because that's a, that's a, that is a sign of sowing. When you put that poster board, you're already taking the first step. The problem with most people is that they begin to believe in something, but then they stop watering it. How many of you know people that start things and don't finish? I know people that start things and don't finish. And it's because you stop watering it. You stop watering that seed. That seed needs to be taken care of. It needs to be tended to. You got to put some fertilizer on it. You got to put water on it. Because if not, that seed won't grow. And then you'll never be able to bear that fruit. And let me tell you something. Not sowing is also a seed. Not actually believing in what God says is a seed. What's going to grow? You're never going to get anything done in life. Every, all your dreams will never come to pass because you're not putting water on it. You don't even plant the seed. So that in itself produces fear. Can I get an amen if you're with me? Put your hands together if you believe that. You can't allow negative seeds to dictate your life. You can't allow it. You can't allow that to happen because something's going to grow. You have to understand that it doesn't matter the circumstances you're faced with in this life. Stop looking for excuses. If God tells you to do something, do it. And then after you do it, continue to believe it. Because that's how you water the seed. That's how you give it fertilization. That's how it will begin to grow. That's how... You plant a tomato seed, a tomato's going to come out after you obviously put more, tend to it, give it water, give it the nourishment it needs. And how do we do that in our Christian life? By faith. Believe. Believe. Never, never stop believing. If God gives you the dream, you got to do it. Can you imagine the story of Joseph is one of the stories that... Because sometimes we allow our circumstances to dictate if we're going to keep on watering that seed. The story of Joseph, if you guys don't know it briefly, he was betrayed by his brothers and sold to slavery while he was still young. God gave him a vision that he was going to be king and, and, and that he was going to rule and, and all these amazing different visions that the Lord gave him. And obviously one of the visions that God did not tell him that he was going to be sold to slavery but can you imagine that he, if he would have stopped believing, if he would have stopped believing, because obviously he went through slavery, then he went through prison, then he was working his way up, then Potiphar's wife tried to put him back down, but then eventually the Lord continued to raise him up, and he became second in command of all of Egypt. 
And that's the story briefly. But can you imagine if he would have not continued to believe just because of his negative situations and circumstances? If God tells you something, it doesn't matter what you're going through right now. Plan it. Because it will come to pass. Plant. Some people don't even take the first step and plant. Listen, you got to do it. God wants you to go above and beyond. He doesn't want you to be from beneath. You're from above. You're not from beneath. You are the head, not the tail. Stop acting like the tail. You're the head. You're a son of a king. You're a daughter of a king. Hallelujah. You're blessed and highly favored. You've got the mind of Christ. You can do all things through Christ. You see, speak over yourself. That's also a seed. Speaking over yourself. Speaking is a seed. I saw something the other day on a, one of the reels on Instagram. I like to look at a lot of motivational and positive things. Sometimes I look at the news and stuff. But there was a guy that he was talking about. What was exactly that he was saying? Oh, he's, he was saying, this is an actor. I forget his name. But he was, he was like in an interview. And then uh, the actor was saying, they were asking him. He was actually talking about, um, he said to himself, I changed my life because if I would have, I, I realized that the way I was talking to myself, if I would be talking to friends like that, I ha I'd have no friends. Like sometimes people, we talk bad about ourselves. Like you're so stupid. What are you doing? Right? Sometimes it happens. I've done it. I've done it. Sometimes I've even cursed myself without realizing it and say, wow, sorry. I'm sorry. But you don't even realize it. Sometimes if you were to, he, he didn't understand that until it was later on that he began to speak good to him. So I don't even know if this guy's a Christian. The guy that, that I'm talking to you about that did the interview, he didn't realize how bad he would talk to himself. He said, I would, if I were to have a friend like that, I would be with no friends, how bad I speak to myself as. That's crazy. And then you realize that you got to begin to speak life into yourself. You got to begin to speak the truth. The word of God is life. The word of God is God. Hallelujah. Speak life to yourself. That's also a seed. Giving is a seed. And not just financially. You can give hope. You can give love. You can give joy. Oh, yeah. And obviously, we're going to get now in, in a little bit. I'm going to get to, um, in, in about, what, like two minutes, three minutes from now, I'm going to get to this verse. But before I get to that verse on the fruits of the Spirit, amen, I want you to, some of you in here this morning are watching me live. What happens, for example, a farmer, let's, let's pretend now we're all farmers, right? You normally, when you plant a seed or, you know, you want to bear a certain fruit in a certain time, there's a time frame that you do it. As a farmer, you know, there's a certain, you know, summertime, you want to you plant it right before, it you know, because spring, before it starts to rain. They, they calculate all of this. They know what time of the year it's going to rain. They know what time of the year it's going to be cold, when it's going to be warm, how it grows uh, more, more uh, potent. If we were farmers, let's say I were to tell a farmer it's time to plant a seed when it's time to reap the harvest. The, har the farmer's going to tell you, no, that's not how it works. This is that there's a time and a specific moment, a season, when you need to plant. 
That's right. Physically, uh, spiritually, there's different seasons and we know this now. But check this out. How many of us here, if God were to tell you to plant something and you say to God, well, I don't think this is the right time. How many of you have ever done that? How many of us, how many times has God told us something? How many times has God told you to plant a seed in the middle of the Sahara Desert? This is the driest place ever. How's it going to grow? How are you going to give it water? You see, these are all things the enemy wants us to do. Because then you begin to what? Question God. How is it possible? How can I plant this seed here? God, let's wait till the season. Whoa. Why are you coming up with these excuses? If God tells you to give, you don't say when the time is right. You do it. You do it. You pursue when you, when you, when you got to do it. I don't know where the rain's going to come from or where the fertilizer's going to come from. But if God says it, you plant it. And you do it. Because God will make a way when there seems to be no way. Hallelujah. Don't place conditions on God. You can't place conditions. Because you see, that's what the enemy wants. He wants you to question the time and place. He wants you to question the how. We're not called to know the answers and understand. We're called to believe. We're called to obey. And then God will make a way when there seems to be no way. Stop trying to figure and calculate everything. You may get it. You may not. But who cares? The point is you trust in God or not. Come on. Put your hands together. It doesn't matter what your family looks like, what the doctor says about your health. If you believe it, you will receive it. Because God is with you. God has your back. And God is no man that he needs to lie. God's word will remain eternal always. And if he says it, I believe it, I will receive it. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God is here right now. And you watching me live on the internet as well. Receive what the Lord has for you. It's time to awake. Awaken. Hallelujah. Amen. Give. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to Galatians 5, 16 through 26 in the English Standard Version. Hallelujah. Wow. 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 But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you doing from the things you, what you want to do. Verse 18. But if you are led by spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19, check this out. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the things... And, and things like these. I warned you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now 22, but, 
love how he starts with the flesh and then, but, you know, something greater is coming with all that negativity from the flesh. And that's true. It's in the Bible. This is in my words. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, hallelujah, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. Hallelujah. Verse 24. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And they should have ended it. It's better to be together <laughs> with our series. I'm kidding. <laughs> Come on, guys. Laugh, obviously. I didn't write the Bible. <laughs> but let's be better. To, how do you better together? Well, when you give these, these incredible fruits of the Spirit. You see, obviously, when you walk, we know that you know the, what, what produces. He doesn't call them the fruits of the flesh, by the way. Because the fruit is something good. He knows what he was doing. The Spirit of God knows what he's doing. That's a fruit. A fruit is something good. That's why he puts the desires of the flesh. Even though, in a way, it's a fruit, but not a fruit. Because they're trying to show you that it's something wrong. It says the desires of the flesh are all those bad things I already said earlier. What produces. But that produces something. Because you see, the flesh has also, it's a seed. When you, when, you, when you don't crucify the desires of the flesh, you fall into sin. And that, that's, a, that's a type of seed, and that produces something. The, the desires of the flesh produce fleshly desires. And obviously, with the whole long list of items that I just said, we know that it's not good. But the fruit of the Spirit, hallelujah. You see, the only way for you to produce the fruits of the Spirit is if you have the Spirit. You can't produce something that you don't have. You can't produce the spirit. You cannot produce love. You cannot produce joy, real joy. I'm not talking about the joy you feel temporarily. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, it's the joy of the Lord that's your strength, not your joy or my joy. And there is a difference. You see, that's something temporary, right? How many times you see someone super happy and the next day they look like they want to, they're very depressed? It's because they don't have the real joy. Because it doesn't matter if I'm on a good day or a bad day. The real joy is my strength. Even though I may, be, I may have some scars and bruises, I may be going through some stuff, but I know where my joy comes from. Hallelujah. Put your hands together if you believe that. Amen. And the only way to be able to have these things, obviously, through the Spirit of God. But let's, let's break it down real quick. I have a couple of verses on all these nine fruits of the Spirit. And I'm going to talk real quick on each one and, and back it up with some Bible verses. Amen? Number one, love. John 4, 16. I'm, I'm not gonna, I didn't give them these because I was going to uh, skim through these quick. But I just want you to see how it's backed. Hallelujah. Uh, John 4, 16. And so we know and rely on the love of God, that ha what he has for us. God is love. When you give love, you are Giving God. 
Let me say that again. I think I, think I, need, to, I need to talk on this side. <laughs> when you are giving love, you are giving God. That's, that needs to be on a plaque somewhere. Well, it's in the Bible, obviously. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. That sinks in deep when you really think of that. And sometimes when you see giving and talking about giving, we always talk about money. And that's another way of giving, amen. That works too. There's power in that. There's a reason why. I think it's the second or third most top, uh, topic that's, that's written in the Bible is the topic of money. We'll get there later. Right now we're on the first one, love. Hallelujah. Now I want to read this one, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. This is a, this is a very beautiful verse. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. Wow. It is not easily angered. Ha! How many times do we not get angry at our loved ones sometimes? We got to pray for this because this is the Bible. This is God talking to us. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. You got to pray about this kind of thing because it's true. When you keep record of all your wrongs, what do you think happens in your, in your marriage or with your friends or in relationships? If you keep every single record, you'll never be able to move forward. You'll be looking back all the time and you'll never be able to advance in your life. Come on. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. Amen. It always protects, always trusts. You gotta trust. You can't. You can't. You can't be in some type of relationship without trust. And this is not just necessarily when it comes to being in love, guys. Boy, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, marriage. This could be relationships with your business partners. Imagine you don't trust them. Ha! You'll never be able to do business with them. You won't be able to have a friend that you don't trust. You'll think that he'll try to do something, I don't know, behind your back or scheme. You need to allow God to give you the wisdom and, and that way you can pursue. And ask God to give you help that you need. If you're a person that keeps all these record of wrongs or you're a person that doesn't trust, I don't know what you're dealing with, but I know that God can heal you and fix it. And that way you can live a much better life here on this earth. And you won't be so stressed all the time. I've seen it. I know it. It's reality, and I'm sure you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe you are going through it, or maybe you know someone that is going through it. It always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. I love the end. Love never fails. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two, joy. Ah, speaking of joy, Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Hallelujah. Number three, the third, the third fruit of the Spirit is peace. Wow. What more can I say about peace? Peace is, is, is not spoken of enough, I feel. Sometimes we're, man, even your phone sometimes, the phone sometimes doesn't even give me peace. Sometimes I allow it to get in my way. Or, and, and, you know, there's so many different areas in life because the enemy knows that he, want, he doesn't want you to be at peace. He wants, you to compete. he wants you to be stressed. But peace is extremely important. I believe in it. Amen. Hallelujah. R Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Hallelujah. Look what it says, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, there you go. The answer is right there. Well, how can I don't feel like I'm at peace, Albert? Well, right there. May the God of hope will fill you with all the joy and peace as you trust in him. Trust. Once you trust in God, then you're going to get your peace. Why do we not have peace? Because we always try to do things ourselves. We try, to, we try to tell God, let me handle it. And that's when you get stressed. And that's when you get frustrated. Because you're not allowing God to do his job. We're supposed to rest. And how do you form a rest? You rest on God because you trust in God. Amen. Number four, patience. This one's a good one. Patience. Sometimes we don't, get, we, don't, we don't get what we want because it's not on our time. So patience is a huge, extremely big virtue. Because when you're patient, you're also, it's another form of, of, of trusting in God. Regardless if it comes on the time that you want it to come or not. Whatever it is you're believing for or whatever God told you you're going to get. If he says it, you're going to get it. It just may not be right when you want it. It may not be right when you want it. Colossians 1:11. We are strengthened with all power according to his glory, glorious might, so that we may have great endurance and patience. Hallelujah. Number five, kindness. You ever heard of this? You ever heard of this saying, kill them with kindness? Instead of like exploding in a negative situation. You see, that's God knows what he's doing. Right? When you're kind to someone, they hate it even more. Like, <laughs> you know. It's, I'm talking about those that don't have Jesus. Amen. Because, you know, if you have, you should, we all should be happy all the time. Right? Now, we got to crucify your flesh, guys. But there's moments where someone does something wrong to you and, and you're just kind to them. Oh, God. That's like a stab, like ripping out the heart. And, yeah, that's really bad. But guess what? It's not bad because the Bible says it's good. It's bad for them, unfortunately. Keep praying for them because we have to be kind. And sometimes not necessarily be kind and kill them with kindness deal. That's just I brought that up because to show you the, how profound kindness really is, even when someone's not kind to you. But are you kind to others when they're not doing anything or people you never met before? Eres un pesado. Are you a person that is always uptight? Are you not kind to people? Be kind. Look what it says here in 2 Corinthians 6, 6 through 7. We should live in purity, understanding patience and kindness in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love, in truthful speech and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left. Hallelujah. Kindness. Amen. Number six, goodness. 2 Thessalonians 1.11. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of his calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. Hallelujah. Goodness. Our God is a good God. Come on. Our God is a good God. If there's anything bad going on in your life, it's not because it's coming from God. I say that all the time and I'll always tell people that. Why are there bad things happening in this world? Well, it's not because of my God. 
Why does God allow this to happen? Well, because we're not robots. We have a free will. We have the ability either to crucify the flesh or not. So we go with our fleshy desires, you're going to get the fleshy fruit or the fleshy outcome, as I, as I would say. So what do you want? Well, I'm choosing the spirit, amen, hallelujah. Crucify your flesh. Our God's a good God. My God's a good God. That's unfortunate things happen in this world that are bad, but that's not because of my God. That's because of our human choices. Number seven, faithfulness. Isaiah 25, 1. Oh, Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name. For in perfect faithfulness, you have done marvelous things. Things planned long ago. Hallelujah. And now you have accomplished them. Hallelujah. Amen. Faithfulness. Be faithful. Faithfulness is another one, right? Sometimes it's hard to be faithful. Sometimes it's hard to, to be loyal. But guess what? We're called to do it. We're called to do it in all of our relationship. Be faithful. Also, your church is also another. Are you faithful to this house? Are you one of these church hoppers that every single week? You know that the Bible says we need to be congregated, right? Congregated. You have to have a home, believe it or not. And I'm not talking, and you don't have to necessarily come here physically, but amen that you come because it's, it's a beautiful thing when you're able to be here live, amen. It impacts different, but it doesn't mean you can't connect. Those of you that are watching online, you're probably in another city. This is your church. Hallelujah. Put it up for those that are watching us. You're in this too with us. Amen. Number eight, gentleness. Galatians 6.1, brothers and sisters, if someone caught you in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. So if you catch someone in a sin, how do you react to one of your brothers and sisters in Christ? Are you going to go behind their back and start talking bad about the mistakes they made? Are you going to look at them with a weird face? Oh, my God. I can't believe you did that. Is that gentle? You think that, do you think that person even is going to ever want to come back to church? Oh, my God. You know how many times I know people that don't come to church because of a bad encounter they had with a fellow Christian? Church hurt. You know how many times that happens? And let me tell you, they don't forget about it ever. Ever. And they come at me at it because they know I'm a, you know, I'm a preacher. And my dad's a pastor here for 40 years, you know, hey. So when they come, they always talk to me about, about God or church, you know, when, when they come across me. And I hear stories of people that they don't go to church because all oh, you church people are the same. You, all you do is turn your back on someone when they're in the most need. Whoa. That's not gentle. That's shameful. Should be ashamed. There's a lot of words. We're not going to get into the whole thing, but yeah. But it's true. We got to stop that. People need Jesus. People need the truth. And if their only avenue is through you, you need to be kind. You need to be gentle. You can't be uptight with them. You can't look down upon them. You're not better than anyone else. Jesus died for you just like he did for them. I don't care what sin they're going through or how bad it may seem or what, how, whatever they did. That's not our problem to be judging. We need to be gentle. Be gentle. 
Hallelujah. And then the last one is self-control. Self-control, number nine. The ninth fruit of the Spirit. Look what it says here in 2 Peter. 1, 5 through 7. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Hallelujah. Self-control. Relax, you know. You have to be in control. And the way you're in control, well, you have to pray to God so that God can give you the patience, so God can give you the wisdom. You see, all these attributes, the fruits of the Spirit, you may stand to your feet, church. Stand to your feet. All these attributes are not only for our personal lives, but you see, you can give all these things. You can give because the fruit of the Spirit is the Spirit of God that lives in you. You see, you all have it. We just need to manifest it into reality. Because some of us here maybe not walk by all these nine constantly. There's some times that you're probably, there's times that I need to pray for self-control. Times that I get angry sometimes instead of being kind. There's times that maybe I should have done something different. Well, guess what? That's why we come and that's why we listen to the word of God. We need to pursue righteousness.